السلام عليك زين الأنبياء السلام عليك بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وصحبه ومن ولا and we thank him subhanahu wa ta'ala for blessing us to hear words that move our hearts and what emanates from the heart reaches the heart and the adab of istima of listening is that everything that is that we hear we realize that it's in reality from Allah directed towards us and this is a part of our risk and our sustenance Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala willed for us to hear these blessed words in this particular time which is a blessed time on the Laylatul to Jum'ah in order so that we can benefit from them and insha'Allah that it motivates us towards action outwardly and striving to please him subhanahu wa ta'ala and one of the things that we realize when we see what's happening around us and we reflect upon the alternation of the night and day and we reflect upon time itself and how it is that we know that time exists, the changes that happen and by virtue of being created beings we have a past, we have a present, present and we have a future and so that we come to know that we are needy and we come to know precisely because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is creating us and recreating us in every single moment as we've heard we realize our need for Him our being is contingent and were it not to be that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sustains our existence you and I would not be here in this moment and what a realization and how it is that we really come to know how much we really need Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala this is one of the greatest realizations of all that you and I can have the realization that we are abid we are servants of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and how many people around us and all of these things that people see, these other people outwardly flourishing in and all of the zinat al-hayat al-dunya and the adornments of this world that all relate to desires of course and so many people want and wish that they had and would give anything and sell their souls to attain it all of it in reality is complete delusion the reality is, is that we are all absolutely in need of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in every single moment and it is for this reason that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has tried us in a number of ways but specifically he has said that shaitan which we believe who is the, is the source of evil that Allah ta'ala tells us in the Quran is that shaitan is our adu, he is our enemy so we should take him as an enemy and one of the traits of fatuwa <coughs> Because normally we speak about these blessed traits in terms of virtues that we exemplify, but part of spiritual shivery is also taking precautions. Part of spiritual shivery is guarding ourselves. And one of these great traits is learning how to guard ourselves, especially from shaitan. And the author, Imam Abu Abdurrahman al sulami mentions a specific way of doing it, but it also has broader implications which we will get into. But he says that it is from Futuwa to guard against shaitan through hunger. 
And there's something about cutting back on our food intake that is one of the most important things of all that we can do. And again, we don't need to speak about this in the way that it was spoken about in previous times in the great mujahadat and spiritual struggles people did in relation to how much food intake they allowed in. But for us, it is sufficient for us to start to cut back. It is sufficient for us to try to make sure the source of what it is that we are eating is halal and tayyib which probably translates in our time not only in terms of permissibility but also being sourced in the right fashion that healthy, organic, free from poisons and other toxins that are in much of the food that it is that we eat but then getting to the amount itself where we start to cut back little by little and if we want to simplify the path to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, this in and of itself is one of the most important things. Our food and what it is that we allow in our system. And even before that, you could speak of halal risk, a halal income, because if your income is not halal, your food won't be halal. Even if it has all of those other considerations that were mentioned. Because if you have a risk that is not halal, it taints everything that it is that you buy with that money. But specifically, our food intake is really, really important for the spiritual path. And we learn lessons from stories when we hear about the greats who came before us, like Sayyidina Ibrahim and Adham. When one time he drank water, that there was a shubha in it. It was, a doubt, it was of a doubtful source. And he wasn't even aware of it, but because he was expected to have been aware of it, he said for 20 days that he felt his heart hard. And the problem is when your heart comes hard, there's a lot of things that then happen. There are a lot of things that you normally would do that you can't do. Having a hard heart is terrible because you will be prevented from abundant good. If your heart is hard, you're not going to be motivated to worship. If your heart is hard, you're not going to be motivated to remember Allah. If your heart is hard, you're not going to be motivated to give out in charity. You're not going to be motivated to give service. You're not going to be motivated to attend gatherings of goodness and so forth and so on. The hard heart is the most distant heart from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But we need to learn to make our hearts soft and one of the great ways of doing that is learning the importance of our food intake. And one of the righteous said, مَنْ جَاءَ لَا يَقْرَبُهُ الشَّيْطَانِ إِذَا كَانَ جُؤُهُ بِعِلْمِ Is that whoever experiences hunger, literally, but you could translate this in our context, whoever cuts back on their food intake, Shaitan won't come near that person if they experience that hunger with knowledge. In other words, that it's done properly, to the right degree. They don't try to overdo it. They know where they're at. And it suffices as a starting point in our time to try to eat food that was previously mentioned in the way that, that was sourced in the way that was mentioned, but then to stop two bites short. And I've heard this directly from our teachers. You can benefit from cutting back on food 
in a way that the people previously benefited from cutting back on a much larger amount of food in our time by stopping two bites short. You just stop two bites short. You want to take two more bites? It's not going to affect you. You're not going to be hungry. Two bites. And once you start to become aware of it, you'll see how your nafs fights you just to eat those last two bites. And really, what are they going to do for you? Try it. And you will see how effective it really is. And so one of the great fruits of this is that the more that we lessen our food intake, the more ability that we have to close the door for shaitan to affect us. Because shaitan has madakhil. He has entry points into the heart. And the intelligent servant of Allah learns those various entry points of shaitan and shuts the doors. But we have to understand, and this is something that Imam Ghazali points out, radiallahu anhu, when he speaks about the blessing of fasting. And he says that fasting has this special nisbah, this special affiliation to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, because it is a form of worship that we do that is not necessarily outward, it's tarq. You're just refraining from doing something. But then also, because by refraining from eating, it closes the door for shaitan to influence us. And he mentions a hadith that is in Bukhari and Muslim, that in the shaitan, la yajri min ibn Adam majra dam. The shaitan circulates in the children of Adam like blood, like the circulation of blood. And it doesn't mean that shaitan is a physical substance like blood, but just as blood circulates throughout our body, shaitan has access to us in a way that oftentimes we are not aware. And shaitan, of course, is from the unseen because we do not see him. And his whisperings is in the outermost dimension of the heart, the sadr. He's the one that whispers in the outermost part of the heart, which you can call the chest or the breast. That's where his whispering is. And one of the things that he does is he riles up our nafs and our inclination towards fulfilling our desires. Because the more food intake that we have, the more our desires go crazy. So the more that we cut back on food, the more controlled our desires will be and thus the less ability shaitan will have to manipulate us through our desires. And in the hadith that Imam Ghazali quotes in the Ihya, he adds something towards the end that the ulama say is likely not from the hadith, at least it's not in Bukhari and Muslim. So constrict the way he circulates within you through hunger by cutting back on your food intake. And Imam Zabidi says about this, Perhaps this is a tafsir. This is an explanation that one of the narrators of the hadith added to the original hadith. Because the meaning corresponds to what is understood from the hadith itself. And the idea behind it is, is that we limit shaitan's ability to influence us. And so when we speak about this, we speak about 
the importance of protecting ourselves from shaitan. And when we relate this to the broader implications, when we realize our neediness of Allah, when we realize that we are His abid, this is the essence of our war with shaitan. Because this is a battle that is taking place constantly. And Allah Ta'ala has given us the great gift of isti'adha, of seeking refuge in Him. And in order to understand the isti'adha, the seeking refuge in Him, we have to understand the human affair. The fact that we have various types of a'da enemies and one of the greatest is shaitan, of course. And shaitan does not see us. We do not see him, rather. And shaitan sees us and he has access to aspects of us that we're not even aware of. However, we have the ability to turn to Allah. And the way that they liken it to is shaitan is like a barking dog. He just barks. And sometimes we get scared of the dog that is barking. And we try to take another path or we try to go a different way and the dog keeps barking. But if we simply call the master of the dog, he can just make a motion and the dog خلاص, is under control. And the dog is all of a sudden silent and quiet. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is khaliq kulli shay. He's the creator of everything and he created shaitan. And there's a wisdom in why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created shaitan in the first place. And one of the great gems of wisdom that I've heard from my teachers is because la yasilu illallah illa mujtahid. This is a test. And only someone who works hard and really wants it will attain knowledge of Allah. <laughs> Shaitan is there as a test. Do you really want to attain closest to Allah Ta'ala or not? Do you really want to attain the greatest thing that a human being can attain or not? And in the end, Shaitan's plot becomes weak. And one of the great meanings, and this is why we do this before reciting the Qur'an, and by extension in many of our affairs, we seek refuge in Allah. And when we say, A'udhu Billahi Minash Shaitanir Rajeem, it doesn't fully become complete except with ilm, hal, and amal. There's a knowledge component, a state component, and an action component. And the knowledge component is we realize how needy we are of Allah. We can't ward off shaitan without Allah Ta'ala's help. We are unable to bring about our own benefit or to ward off our harm except through the power of Allah Jalla Jalalu. We're in absolute need of Him. And that knowledge bequeaths a state, a hal of heart, where we're broken, where we're humble, where we feel needy of our Lord subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then it leads to amal, action, where we supplicate him and turn to him and ask him for his help constantly. And if we do that, Allah Jalla Jalala will assist us. Because only He can prevent us from being misguided. Only He can prevent us from being harmed in any of our worldly affairs or in our other worldly affairs in deen, in the dunya, and in the akhirah. And this is why in Surah An-Nahl, when Allah Ta'ala says, فَإِذَا قَرَأْتَ الْقُرْآنَ فَاسْتَعِذْ بِاللَّهِ مِنِ الشَّيْطَانِ الرَّجِيمِ When you recite the Qur'an, seek refuge in Allah from the repudiated devil. But then look 
at the another wisdom of shaitan so we can learn how to place our trust in Allah. What does Allah say? إِنَّهُ لَيْسَ لَهُ sultan. He has no authority عَلَى الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا Upon those who believe we recognize shaitan is, shaitan is the source of evil we believe in Allah and the fact that people disbelieve is a proof of the existence of Allah because it all gets back to waswasa. Where did those insinuations come from in the first place? It's all from shaitan. And this is why when you become aware of the whisperings, you start to understand the way that things really work. And this is the key to open up the door of shaitan's plot becoming weak. And start to recognize the waswasa that comes to your heart. So he has no authority upon the over those who believe. He only has authority over the uh, upon those who place their trust in him. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. And because we don't see him, we have to place our trust in Allah. Jalla Jalalu. So we learn this meaning. And when we talk about the merit of the isti'adha that our Prophet وسلم, he taught us to say this regularly and that it's one of the first things that we're supposed to do in many things that we do but especially when we get angry and you will feel your anger start to subside immediately when you remind yourself because anger is like fire and shaitan is from fire and the most ability that shaitan has to lead us astray is when we are angry when there's that fire-like state we're about to blow up where you have rage fury look at all these words rage fury. these are all words we use for fire and then you trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and when you realize then the solution to the waswasa, the way, in other words, that we eradicate it and that we deflect it is by the remembrance of Allah. And this is what Allah Ta'ala says in Surah Zuhruf. Whoever turns away from the remembrance of Allah, we set a shaitan upon him, who becomes his companion. In other words, that if you remember Allah Jalla Jalalu, you'll be protected from the shaitan. And I want to close with just a blessed dua that is attributed to Muhammad bin Wasi'. And hopefully we can transliterate it and translate it for people's benefit and to send it out because it is a dua that our teachers encourage us to recite. And Reportedly, the great Imam Muhammad bin Wasir used to recite it every morning, and in some narrations, every morning, every evening. So he used to make the dua, Allahumma innaka sallat alayna aduwan basiran bi'ayubina. Oh Allah, is that you have subjugated us to an enemy who knows well, literally, basiran sees our faults. Muttaliyan ala uratina. And he is aware of our spiritual nakedness, the spots, the points of our weakness. He and his host, his minions, they see us in ways that we do not see them. Allahumma fa'ayyisu minna. 
O Allah, that make him despair of us, i.e. despair that he could ever lead us astray. Just as you have made him despair from your mercy. And that, this is another way of saying despair, that make him despair in relation to us. Just as you have made him despair of your pardon. In distance us from him. Just as you have distanced him from your fire. Indeed, you are powerful over all things. If we say this dua regularly and we combine that with the isti'adha, not only when we recite Quran, when we become angry and in different states, when you have bad thoughts and throughout your day, there will be a benefit to it and it will help you and it will bring light to your heart and will be like a fortress that protects you from the waswasa of shaitan and then the more that we remember Allah Ta'ala the more that all that waswasa is flushed out until the person who remembers Allah Ta'ala often shaitan will not be able to affect that person if he tries to affect that person very quickly He'll realize it and seek refuge in Allah Ta'ala and Allah Ta'ala will protect him that from his plot. May Allah Ta'ala give us tawfiq and to bless us all to be protected from the wasawas of the shayateen. And may Allah Ta'ala fortify our hearts and bless our hearts to be from him. Subhanahu wa Ta'ala. And may we learn the meanings of iftikhar ilayh. Of feeling in need of him and being impoverished before him. Subhanahu wa Ta'ala. And may we learn and to rely upon him in all of our different states. May Allah Ta'ala realize that within us and we may return to him in all of our matters in times of goodness in times of ease and in times of difficulty and hardship wa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen